Hi, I'm Trevor. And I'm Kyle. And today, uh, Trevor caught up on 28 Days Later from 2002, um, directed by Danny Boyle, who also did uh, The Beach and Train Spotting, two of my favorite movies. Um, Train Spotting is pretty understandable if you've seen it. Like, yeah, that's a good one. The Beach, you're like, really? The Beach? Like, okay. Yeah, it, like what little I know of The Beach. And I mean, I was I was alive to see the promotion of the movie. I was too. Bear in mind, this is you know, what uh, barely teenage Trevor watching uh, Leonardo DiCaprio post Titanic on mm-hmm. commercials with you know picturesque beaches. I, you know, as a young a young hetero male, uh, you were kind of programmed to hate him at a exactly. certain point in time. You were. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, from what little I know of the movie, it's like really the beach. That's a good one. Uh, it has oh, who's that Scottish dude? He's in Train Spotting as well. I can never oh, remember his name. Robert Carlyle. Robert Carlyle. Um, he's a he's actually like he he's can actually, do anything. He can. He's actually in the second, uh, the twenty-eight weeks later. I guess it is. Um, oh really? He is a piece of shit in that. Uh, he plays a piece of shit pretty well. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's very versatile. I, I like him for that reason. He can do pretty much anything you ask him to. Um, so yeah, the reason I had Trevor watch this, um, we did versus a, I think we dropped that a, f- a week or two ago, not too terribly yeah. long ago, um, which was along the lines of a Japanese zombie film, quote unquote. Um, and this is um, a British quote unquote zombie film. Um, I think that it is the the. The best of the zombie movies from this late 90s, early 2000s surge of zombie movies. Were there any zombie movies in the 90s, or did it come straight in the uh, 2000s? In the 90s, uh, I mean, there was like a remake of the original Night of the Living Dead. It was directed by Tom Savini. Hmm. And then the uh, Return of the Living Dead series, I think, carried on through the 90s. But it, it's a, its profile dropped significantly uh, following hmm. the second one, to the point that I'm not even sure if the third one came out came out in theaters um yeah zombies actually, in the 90s were kind of uh it wasn't there not, yet they weren't like as ubiquitous as they are now for sure mm. uh, and uh, then the Zack snyder dawn of the dead remake i think it was around the same time as 28 days later like 2004 maybe i liked it at the time it's i think it's a dark comedy personally i liked it at the time but if i was to go back and watch it now i seriously doubt i would enjoy it um ty burrell uh, the dad from Modern Family, uh, he's great in there, but uh, I, yeah, I think that it's probably more rewatchable than this one because this one's pretty heavy um, for a zombie movie. Yeah, I would agree. It, it's pretty heavy, but zombie movies. The the thing about them is that a lot of times, I mean, it's a it's a thing with horror movies. Like a lot of times, they're heavily based in tropes, and this one breaks the mold in a lot of ways, which is why it's so important for its its time. Like uh, the way I described it last night when you asked me to watch it, it was a it's a it's a game changing horror movie because really mm-hmm. zombies didn't move like this for the most part until this movie, mm-hmm. and they would continue to move like this for quite some time following it. Um, but tropes are are highly prevalent in zombie movies, especially, and you can't help but get the sense that you're constantly watching the same story over and over and over again sometimes. Where it's well, like I, every time every time there's a happy moment in a zombie movie, it's like, oh, this is just setting us up for something really shitty to happen a few minutes later. 
Well, I like what I liked about verses, but they were using zombies, but how you were infected had nothing to do with being past uh, bodily fluid, like blood or bite. It was you were on the ground. That's how you were becoming a zombie. And if you were killed while on that ground, you became a zombie. Here, um, the virus, and I read about this on IMDb, that the virus actually carries more like Ebola, and it's supposed to be called anger. And then instead of the virus, it's just... Um, an extreme version of anger. Uh, oh, they I call it rage. In rage. The film. Is that what um, it was? Yeah, they call it rage, and that's actually a, a very big difference. That um, it's kind of funny because this came out two thousand two, two thousand three. Um, this is a post Resident Evil zombie movie. Resident Evil, as in um, both the game franchise and I think maybe even the first movie. I'm not positive. Yeah, the first that. movie. That maybe that's the first of the zombie movies. I, I want to say that Resident Evil, the zombie movie, either was 2000 on the nose or 99. Um, well, I'll actually look it up real quick. Either way, like one of the the big elements of the Resident Evil franchise is that the zombies in it are created via a virus. Uh, it's it's purely biological, whereas like uh, the Romero zombie movies. Um, it's never really made clear exactly what causes it, but um, it's hinted that some sort of like cosmic event or radiation mm-hmm. uh, that's causing the dead to return to life. And in verses, it's supernatural. Yes, much like Evil Dead, uh, where it's like demons and shit. So this one is like maybe the first example I can think of. Uh, like, well, Return of the Living Dead a little bit, where there's a chemical agent. Mm-hmm. that uh, re- revives the dead and keeps them alive. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this is like one one of the few examples of its day where the zombies are created via a contagion of some sort. Um, I was wrong. Uh, Resident Evil came out the same year, 2002. Um, but the and source there are, material... there are some similarities, especially aesthetically speaking. Well, the, the source material for Resident Evil definitely came before... Um, 28 days later, but the movies were released the same year. So, all right. Well, um, I'll just I'll give a rundown of the plot real quick. I suppose. Yeah, go for it. Um, so, Cillian, it's Cillian, right? Cillian Murphy. I, I say it, Cillian Murphy. Cillian Murphy. Um, he is in a hospital bed. He. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, wait, yeah, yeah. So there's a a group of, um chimpanzees that are released that have uh, some kind of virus uh, in this case uh, they bite one of the, what are they, protesters or activists of some FEMA, sort some, not FEMA, PETA sorry, uh, PETA, PETA, PETA. 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 <laughs> um, FEMA? <laughs> FEMA, like that's not right um, PETA, they release a chimpanzee all hell breaks loose, while all hell br- is breaking loose, Cillian Murphy's uh, basically in a coma more or less he's in a bed and he wakes up and the entire all of london downtown is just barren like there's nobody out and he's piecing it all together um he winds up meeting up with a couple of people who have survived this and they are just trying to get to a safe place and they pick up a few people along the way um pretty much the the zombie the zombie trope we got to get out of here to the safe zone um i think I think that every Resident Evil movie has that nearly, except for the first one. Uh, uh, I, yeah, I mean, same with the the franchise, like the games, where like the game, the first game take is isolated in a mansion, mm-hmm. whereas the following games in the series uh, expands to like an entire city. 
and then like it turns into like a global event type situation and it gets increasingly more ridiculous to the point of stupidity <laughs> but that's neither here nor there but yeah uh, our our movie uh starts with a disorienting macro shot of a uh, mm-hmm. it's we we pull back from it so it's revealed that it's just a, a close-up of a actual like monitor but it's a it's like a crt monitor with scan lines so like the first image in the whole fucking movie is just scan lines like as big as a cat mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we pull back and uh we get this poor chimp strapped to a table with a bunch of monitors facing him uh and they're all playing like scenes of riots and and horrible violence and i'm sorry but i couldn't help but be reminded of street fighter uh, the blanca chamber (laughs) (laughs) like flashing the you know the scenes of violence to to make the perfect soldier who's in the movie for 30 seconds (laughs) um but yeah it also made me think of the lawnmower man um have you seen that no not i've not seen that one as uh pierce brosnan and jeff fahey Uh, it has really bad cgi that I watch this movie a lot, um, but the opening of the Lawnmower Man involves a chimp with a, a VR helmet that makes mm. him look like he just escaped from the Weapon X program. <laughs> and, like it makes his world look like a video game, so he's like running around Batmaning people trying to escape from a facility. Anyway, speaking, um, I'm sorry. Speaking of X Men, um, we anytime I hear the name Charles, I have to repeat it as Ian McKellen as Magneto. Charles. Charles. <laughs> Charles. <laughs> yep, it's infectious. Uh, we are the future, Charles. Charles, <laughs> we are the future, Charles. Not them. Not them. <laughs> anyway, uh, then we we get some uh, activists. Like, yeah, they they break into this lab, and I think we get a, a shot of a says like Cambridge Primate Research Center or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, these folks, they start like working to break these chimps out of their cages, and then. Uh, when they're in the midst of, of breaking, you know, monitor chimp out of his his cell, um, a scientist walks in and he just kind of like has a coffee cup and he's just like, huh? <laughs> yeah. And I swear I didn't I didn't bother to look him up yet. I think I will after we're done recording. I think this was the same guy, the train conductor from Mission Impossible. The original one in the tube. Yeah, I'm almost positive he's the guy that's yelling on the phone when the when the helicopter is chasing them through the tunnel. <laughs> it might be. I haven't seen the first one in so he, long. He looks a little bit like skinny Raul Julia. Yeah. But like very, very, very British with British teeth. Anyway, he starts expositing. Like he starts dumping exposition about these chimps. You can't break these chimps out because they got problems. They're infected. They have something called rage. Okay, so, yeah, first things first. I'm not, I'm all for animal liberation. Like, let's get the chimps out of the, uh, let's get them out of the um, uh, labs. But don't be there when you release a chimpanzee. Yeah. <laughs> that is bananas. They won't even let chimps, I think, chimps past the age of eight, seven or eight, they won't let them in movies because they're super irritable at that point. No, if you value your face, <laughs> you will not be in that room when that chimp is free. <laughs> yeah, these these activists deserve what's coming to them. Yes, absolutely. And it's it's pretty well set up, too, because the way they handle his intrusion is piss poor. Hor- yeah. Like, he, he straight up tells them, like if I'm sorry, any rational person, you hear the word infected, 
I don't want to be anywhere near that. <laughs> Get me the fuck out. Oh, yeah, yeah you, you leave. With, yeah. If, if you, you see a, a fuzzy animal that is infected, oh yeah, and whatever it's infected with can be transmitted via saliva and the blood, get the fuck out of there! Like, I don't, don't, there, there's a quote in this movie that comes up, keep away from me. <laughs> that is <laughs> exactly the thought you have in your head yeah. when the word infected gets tossed out there. Disgusting. I don't want to be next to somebody who has the fucking flu, let alone yeah. a chimpanzee that's got something. Fuck that. But yeah, uh, they don't listen to him, of course, because otherwise we wouldn't have a movie. No. And things wouldn't happen 28 days later. <laughs> and uh, But he does actually like explicitly say, like, they have rage, it is transmitted via saliva and blood. Sure enough, they free Monitor Chimp, they, and he's pissed off because he doesn't get to watch his stories anymore. He doesn't mm-hmm. get to see how that riot ends. And he jumps on the one lady. He starts biting her. I think he pukes on her face. Yeah. More or so, less. so that's saliva bite and blood vomit. And yeah, that very makes... quickly she vomits on her friend. So that's blood vomit on his face. <laughs> I think that's what helps keep it kind of that makes it a little scarier too. Is like zombie trope. Like you get bit by the zombie, you become a zombie. Here it's like you can get bit, or you can just have bodily fluids passed. Like it doesn't matter. Like a little spit, a little blood, just in. If it just gets in you, you're you're done. Well, the. The most powerful innovation, I think, that this movie brought to the table is uh, speed. Not, yeah. not, not just movement speed. That, that, I mean, we've, we'd kind of seen zombies shamble around pretty quickly before. This is but the first time I can recall seeing them effect. run, but the speed of infection. Mm-hmm. Well, that was I innovative, agree. and it, it does up the ante quite a bit. Yeah. Where it's like, as, as soon as the event happens, it's not like a Romero zombie movie where it's like, oh, you know, if you if you chop off your arm, you can cut off the infection there, or you get a couple of days before it sets in. It's like, no, as soon as it happens, you got to do something about it because you aren't going to have time to react. Well, I'm, I'm going to compare it to like Dawn of the Dead, um, where somebody gets bit. They're like, oh, man, this sucks. No, I'm going to stay behind. You guys go ahead because I'm going to get infected. In this movie, Naomi Harris, like the second she figures out that her partner um, is infected, she wastes no time and dispatches him from this planet. Yeah. Uh, and- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is bam, bam. It's, yeah, it's she, she doesn't even like pay any mind to like doing it cleanly or quickly. It's just kind of like, we got to go. <laughs> and, and she's just, like, she, she's a survivor. I mean, <laughs> well, just, I mean, it's, it's like... funny because when that scene happened, and this is jumping ahead a little bit, like, mm-hmm. I thought. I thought she was trying to save him by, by doing the thing where you cut off the infection. Because yeah. we do get a shot of his arm coming off around yeah. the, the part where he was bit or cut. But no, she just bashes his face in. <laughs> I think that was on purpose. Uh, but yeah, good good eye on that one. I, I noticed that too, but I was just like, oh, they were it, it was just them messing with me. Yeah. Making you think that she was uh, going to try to save him. But nah, she's wasting <laughs> no time. Um, so yeah, so... Do we get, uh, is there a credit sequence? I, I uh, kind of It's a took... black screen, and the bottom right, it just says 28, 28. days later. And it, it serves as both a title and a transition, <laughs> so it's kind of cute. Um, um, we... And then we get cock. We get yeah. cock. Actually, Cillian Murphy insisted on this being a closed set. It was just him and a uh, cameraman. That was it. Um, he, yeah, he insisted on that. Um, always, always brave. I mean, yeah, do it for the story, man. Show your dick. I mean, Vigo Mortensen wins. I'm sorry. Like, all you guys have shown who've shown the cock. Um, 
Vigo gotcha. He's, I think, he does it also in um, Captain Fantastic. That's what uh, I heard, yeah. Yeah. That's a, I like that and movie. Apparently that uh, uh, Chris Pine movie, um, they had to remove some of his cock. Because <laughs> <laughs> apparently like all the buzz surrounding the movie was just about Chris Pine's cock. <laughs> it's, that, uh, it's like Warrior King or whatever. It's about uh, oh, really? Robert the Bruce. It's on Netflix or something. I'm not going to watch it. Um, you don't want to see Chris Pine's guy? <laughs> no, I don't I don't really care for him as an actor. I don't... I. But does your girlfriend? I'm sure she does. She's more yeah, of a... Mo- she's, most ladies seem to... He, he seems to work for them. You know? Which one's Thor? She likes Aquaman and Thor. Those are her two She likes ones. Jason Momoa and Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think everybody does. Jason um, Momoa is not the best actor, but Hawaii, yeah. represent. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Jim, who is Cillian Murphy, he uh, he kind of composes himself. He walks through the hospital. You see that nobody's there. Um, he beelines it to a, a Coke machine and just no, chugs Pepsi. a Pepsi. Pepsi. Uh, sorry, very Pepsi important. Machine. Pepsi got paid. Pepsi machine and chugs a Pepsi. P- chugs a Pepsi. Chugs a Pepsi. Um, I rewatching this now. I I'm like, uh, there was I had one time. I don't know why I did this, but there was one specific day. Um, I the Gatorade or Powerade machine wasn't working at my high school, and we had a little bit of time before we were going to a wrestling meet, and I was super hungry and thirsty. I hadn't eaten in a couple of days, so I bought an orange Fanta, and that was gonna be because I didn't have any food or water, so I just grab that and I chug that after weigh-ins I puked after my first match uh it was awful <laughs> like that was the worst feeling I've ever had was after that and I was like what was going on in my mind I was like I was just that thirsty like I hadn't drank anything so him chugging the Pepsi I'm like oh god he's gotta be thirsty that's rough because he's probably been in that how long has he been in that hospital bed not drinking water not having any fluids I mean how I don't know how long he was without fluids, because if there were still people working at the hospital, they would be changing his IVs and stuff. Um, but, I mean, 28 days later, uh, I'd imagine he went several days without anything. <laughs> well, I mean, the the infection happened. Like, the one person got infected, so it probably took a couple of weeks for it to really negatively impact. So I'm, I'm going to say he went about... 14 days without a fresh IV. I'll guess. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. But uh, yeah, this this whole sequence in the hospital and for the next several minutes, in fact, is just, I think, part of London. Yeah. Um, he's just wandering the streets. It's a complete ghost town. Uh, I brought up the Resident Evil movie because the last shot of that first movie is, you know, a destroyed, like, completely empty ghost town city and Mila Jovovich, like, walking out from a, a hospital, like an underground bunker. <laughs> And uh, kind of reminded me of that, but more than that, reminded me of a, a the Omega Man. Have you heard I of that? Seen that one? It's a Charlton Heston movie. Uh, it's based on that uh, I Am Legend book. Oh, really? Um, it's an even looser adaptation than than the I Will think Smith any one. Of the others. Oh. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, Omega Man had these scenes early in the movie where it's supposed to be he's the last man. Uh, and I think it was in San Francisco, and they like shot it super early in the morning on Sundays. Um, and they did a good job with these London scenes because these are all like, on location. Uh, they're on location, and there's a lot of them. 
Yeah, I believe uh, they did something similar. I think they were doing it on match days, maybe. Um, the other thing I, I believe I read for this was that they had attractive women tell people. Oh, it was they. I think they did some at the wee hours of the morning. So they told people that were in club. They had uh, attractive women tell the drivers like, "Hey, you're gonna have to go a different route. Sorry, but yeah, I think this is probably one of the most impressive on location um, shots I've seen where it is apocalypse." Yeah, uh, no, they do a very good job of creating a lonely atmosphere in a very large metropolitan area very uh, much. with no money and no time. And it speaks to uh, the power of uh, digital equipment because, mm-hmm. I mean, this is early 2000s. The digital rev- revolution is starting to creep into, like, mainstream cinema. And just like the just like the infection and the way the zombies work in this movie uh digital provides you with speed Mm -hmm. um setting up like a 35 millimeter camera rig with like audio and everything and lighting that takes forever like it that can take your whole day just to set up a single shot but if you're just like zipping around with digital cameras and stuff you can you can set up a shot in minutes (laughs) and and a lot of this movie does feel like it's like you know we got to hustle and from what I read, yeah, I, I read about the <laughs> attractive women being used to divert traffic. But even with that, as far as I understand, they still only had like an hour every day of shooting because I mean, it was like at 4 a.m. It's impressive. It reminds me of uh, Ricky Jay and uh, Boogie Nights. Where he's like, we just keep taping, just keep taping. Because the, they're, they're switching over from the 8mm to the cassettes. And he's like, yeah. VHS. He's like, you just keep recording. It's fine. Just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> it's digital. Just keep going. We've got it. Um, yeah, during during this whole sequence when he's walking around, uh, there's this a piece of music playing that has a super slow build. It takes several minutes before it even starts to pick up. It's very effective because he's alone for yeah. several minutes of screen time, and uh, then he gets to like, I think he finally finds like a newspaper and sees like a bulletin board of missing people and stuff, and finally starts to understand that huh, something bad happened. I don't yeah. exactly know what, but something bad happened, and I think uh, I think this is when he gets to the church. Right? Yeah, he goes to the church, um, which, in a situation like this, I would imagine would be kind of where I would go, or I would be going to a grocery store to get water and not uh, and not Pepsi. Um, <laughs> but uh, it makes sense that water would be hard to find because if you have civil unrest. Uh, people would just be gobbling up all the water. It's the first thing that's going to go. Um, it was a nice touch. Um, but yeah, so the church scene I found very creepy. And this probably, for me, it was one of the most memorable scenes. Um, when I think 28 days later, I think of this scene usually. Um, he goes into a church and he is up on the balcony. And he looks down into the, the, the pews. And there's just a ton of dead people. It looks like uh, well over 100, maybe 150 dead people. Um, these were all actually students that uh, were extras for no pay. Um, but he stupidly, he's, he's, I understand that he's been out of it and he's kind of scared, but the last thing I'm doing is shouting in the middle of this. Like, hey, is anybody? I'm like, I'm not shouting out there because something really really bad happened yeah i don't uh, know if it's a british thing or whatever but uh there's repetition of him saying hello all hello the time. yeah hello hello 
it's like I, I can't see an American character doing that. Like there'd yeah. be there'd be a few choice words that would come out that wouldn't be hello. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this is where we learn uh, what kind of zombies we're dealing with too. Um, so he shouts in this church, and like two people just pop up, and they've got bloodshot eyes, and they're just staring right at him, and then they just take off running. At this point. He's his his reaction time is pretty slow. He's lucky he survived this. <laughs> uh, these guys just take off running, and um, he's like, "What the fuck's happening?" He starts backing up, and he sees a, a priest coming. Um, he's just like, "Father, what's happening?" Well, father, father's no longer with us. He's a an Ebola Ebola zombie, um, and uh, Cillian Murphy whacks him and manages to escape. He whacks uh, him with his bag full of Pepsis. <laughs> effective? I mean, yeah, that that would that would make me just like, uh, give me a minute. Ah, God damn it. Ah, just, ah it stings. That slowed me down a little bit. Uh, it stings. Um, yeah, I've, I've, I thought this this was a pretty eerie scene. Um, even rewatching it, I'm like, eesh, kind of. Well, it's a, like we talked about Godzilla not that long ago. Like, it's a tone setter. Mm-hmm. It's like the first time you introduce your monster in proper, you need to establish what they can do, why they're dangerous, and make sure that you do them justice. Because mm-hmm. you don't want to just like if you were to introduce one of these guys and have him like jump at him and him like knock him straight out of the air, it'd be like, oh well, they're no problem. <laughs> it's yeah. like no, you need to establish that these things are meant to be kind of scary, and that they're capable, mm-hmm. and they do a pretty good job of it. Um, so yeah, now he's he's on the run and uh, he starts to get help. Um, the zombies start uh, start falling down, um, and then we're introduced to um, Naomi Harris, which yeah. what was her name? I can't remember what her name is. I'll just refer to her as Naomi Harris. Um, uh, let me actually sorry, Tia, Tia. Do- I'm sorry, no, she's Tia Dalma from Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, yeah, I was like. A- uh- no, <laughs> Tia Dalma. Um, she's also in um, a couple of those James Bond movies. Yeah, she um, plays the. She's Money Penny now. She's Miss mm-hmm. Money Penny. Nice. Pirates. Of the, she's in Pirates of the Caribbean. The, the, I think she's in Ninja Assassin, which I've mentioned she is. once before. She is, and she's also in Moonlight, which I haven't seen yet. Still, don't tell anybody. <laughs> yeah, same goes think, for me. Unfortunately, I think I was supposed to see that. But yeah, she and didn't. this other fellow, Mark. Uh, they show up and they start throwing Molotov cocktails at the zombies. Yeah, <laughs> and all of them have great pitching arms, by the way. I mean, like, they they've survived. That is a reason why they've survived. I mean, it's been a it's not even been a month though. <laughs> I mean, that's that you train up your pitching arm that fast. But yeah, they're they're just pegging these zombies with Molotov cocktails and like they very quickly figure out that he's human. I'm guessing mm-hmm. because they're these zombies don't seem to pay any mind to each other no so if they're chasing someone more than likely they're an uninfected person yeah and yeah uh the editing in this sequence was kind of bonkers Mm. it was actually bothering me because i was worried that this was going to carry over to the rest of the film because like they they do the man on fire stunts Mm -hmm. oh yeah they do all all credit to that like i always love seeing a man on fire that's always really cool it's always good (laughs) but the way it's framed and the way it's edited, everything's really tight and really shaky. It's like the worst parts of a pre- Pulp Greengrass movie. Mm. <laughs> like the, the Bourne movies, basically. Oh. Um, and then things continue to escalate 
so he he joins up with the two of them zombies are on fire they run into like a gas station they jump out of the gas station all of a sudden the gas station explodes <laughs> and the the shots there's like a million cuts inside of two seconds uh, we get a like a massive like cityscape shot like showing showing the scale of the explosion so we get to see this like little fireball in this giant city and then i think the actual gas station explosion was done via miniature it's okay. kind of cute looking <laughs> um, but yeah just the escalation from we're throwing bottles at zombies to oh my god a gas station exploded it just all happened very fast and it was a little it was a little too hyperkinetic for my taste <laughs> Understandable. I think I think it's just a way to edit it so that you're kind of understanding where the character's at. Like he's been pretty, pretty just still, and he still doesn't know what's going on. But he's getting thrown into it now. It's just fucking chaos. Yeah. Um, no. It it's a good example of going from zero to sixty mm-hmm. because we got to spend a few minutes with him just slowly shuffling through the city, and yeah. now it's like full full fucking sprint. <laughs> so I get that, but. It bothered me a little bit. <laughs> it was done much better by Steven Spielberg in uh, Saving Private Ryan, where they're like, oh, we're just on the boats, we're on the boats. Fuck, fuck, fuck! <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, that, that's, a, that's a great example of a 0 to 60 done very um, well. So they, tell, they, they get him to the gas station, and he's still kind of freaking out a little bit. And I think he starts yelling, and they're like, shut the fuck up. Like, just calm down. And he's like we need help and they're like there's no government no police no army like it's it's just a free-for-all right now it's fucking chaos out there um and he's like i need to go i need to go see my parents and he's like they 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 tell him like listen that part has been evacuated it's if they're there they're dead and um yeah he insists both both of these two survivors he's what they both say that their friends and family are gone and more than likely yours are too yeah and um, also it's mentioned that uh, uh right before the radio went dead it's like public radio um new york and paris are confirmed to have problems mm-hmm. but that was the last report that got out yeah that's so, not good <laughs> yeah so escape i guess isn't isn't really a high priority for these two at the moment <clears throat> survival's more important from day to day yeah um, and Mark lays out two rules to Cillian Murphy. He says, uh, like, always travel in daylight and never, never uh, go anywhere alone unless you yeah. have to. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not traveling at nighttime with zombies out. Are you fucking crazy? Yeah, I, I was like, thanks, Mark. I, you yeah. know, those are two things I try not to do in my daily life anyway, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, so how's your sex life? Uh, <laughs> Jesus. Um, so, yeah, so somehow i don't know why they agree to this but they're like all right let's take this dipshit to his parents house so we can see this um and they're probably like okay well we'll go over there they probably got some supplies or something it might not be that bad so we'll let him go see so he can accept this um they go over there and i like their flat i like their uh their little apartment house thing here it looks like um i guess duplex like the you got duplex mm-hmm. next to duplex next to next to duplex um he uh he starts walking up the stairs and he covers his uh, he covers his mouth like his his nose. Um, that's a good indication that you should not continue if you can smell something that bad. <laughs> and if you're moving towards something and the smell's getting worse, 
go the other way. <laughs> Nothing good has happened up there. Um, but he goes up to his, uh, what is his parents' room, um, and they've um, they've done themselves in. Uh, looks like they took some pills with some wine. Really nice way to go out in this situation. If I have the means, that's probably what I would do too. I'm like, well, it's hopeless. Let's just let's cash it in. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's it's pretty fa- the 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 corpse the the actual corpses themselves look really good. Yeah, actually, I was about to say the the corpse makeup in this movie um, is very effective because it very. looks gen- it looks genuine. And I was watching this on Amazon, and they do the thing where they throw trivia up in the top corner every so oh, yeah. often. Yeah. <laughs> so it's pop you know pop up video, video. <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, there were a lot of instances I noticed where uh, certain shots, like certain beats in the story, um, were slipped in there because Danny Boyle was looking at like photography, mm-hmm. and he just had images in his head that he thought would contribute some sort of atmosphere. Like the first instance was uh, when Cillian Murphy is alone wandering the city. There's some money just laying on the steps, mm-hmm. like, outside in like a public park or something. And he just like scoops it up, and I guess it was taken from a, a photo, uh, somewhere in Asia, and uh, later on there's a, a mother holding a dead baby, that again was taken directly from a photo, that Danny Boyle had happened to see from like a journalist, at like a, a war zone. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the the corpse makeup has that look to it where it's like, huh, somebody actually did their research and tried to get this to look right. Um. Yeah, I think it looks really good. Um, and yeah, his parents have a, a photo of him as like a child with a letter written on the back. That's pretty cool. Where it's like, you know, hey, we tried our best. Uh, it ain't working out, so we're gonna go to sleep, just like you are, son. Don't wake up. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I don't know why. Did he keep that photo too? I wouldn't. I don't keep know that if shit. he kept it, but the message was pretty heavy. Where it's just like, like you don't keep that. <laughs> yeah, no, I wouldn't want to keep that. <laughs> That, that's that not gonna motivate me <laughs> no that is do you burn that picture or you leave it with them like yeah <laughs> um leave it for the next person uh so they uh they stay there um that evening i guess it was yeah. too late for them to move again um yeah i liked uh, the story that mark told here because i mean this is one of our last moments with mark no spoilers <laughs> um yeah. but he tells a story about like um trying to evacuate or something and like he was with his family, he lost his sister, and he he describes like the the crowd of people as a carpet, mm-hmm. and it, it's really cool imagery. Like just to hear him say that, where it's like that, yeah, it was like it was like a, a group of people rendered uh, rendered as a carpet, and he had to climb them, mm-hmm. and just that image of of having to climb other people to escape something is. It's something that they didn't put in the film, unfortunately, probably because you know budget and or it looked pay, like World paying War that Z. many extras and you know extras that have to get stepped on. <laughs> that's probably expensive. Yeah, I don't want to do that. It's a it's a image that is uncomfortable because mm-hmm. like, especially in the West, the concept of a personal bubble is a violation of a personal bubble is a scary thing. Yeah, and to just have a, a massive bodies and stuff and 
have have those people treating each other as not people it's it's creepy when it does happen to you you just have to like say to yourself they're from another culture it's a different culture it's okay it's a different culture (laughs) (laughs) well i I remember uh, one of my one of my teachers was telling me a story about having to do business in a an arab country i forget which one but he said he he had to undergo training because the personal bubble standards uh especially in business you have there's no boundaries so mm-hmm. it's, when you're meeting this executive type guy he'll go nose to nose with you and if you step back it's considered very rude huh so he had to actually like train himself to be used to that okay. <laughs> to be used to people people brushing their mustaches against his <laughs> um so yeah so cillian murphy um probably because his lack of uh, food and water he's dehydrated he's hungry um, he kind of he he's having a bit of a dream, or is he hallucinating a little bit? He's lit. Um, he has he a talks light to on himself. Yeah, and he's looking off into the middle distance. So I think he's daydreaming. This, or I maybe mean, even maybe even hallucinating. I think he's hallucinating a little bit because this is a lot to take all at once. Like you wake up, you have no food in your body, no water. You get chased by zombies. Your parents are dead, and now you've got like a minute to kind of think about this meditate on it um and he's got a he's got a light on and well wouldn't you know it uh that picks up the uh the attention of some zombies which is i I'll put a pin in that because uh, i had a problem with this a problem at one point in this movie so um yeah so they i feel like we've picked a couple movies where people just start busting in through the windows um yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> happening a lot lately um, but yeah, they just straight yeah. up throw themselves. Yeah, your Green Street hooligans. Maybe it's a British thing. Maybe it they have be. no respect for windows. I notice <laughs> I keep picking British films and you keep picking Japanese films. <laughs> like we just keep, you should watch this Japanese film. You should watch this English film. <laughs> just going back and forth. Well, and what's funny is we keep picking things. It's like, do you think you'd want to see more of this? It's like, no. Not no, really. There's <laughs> kind of a reason I've stayed away from this for so long. Yeah. Um, but they, uh, they managed to get Mark, um, on the arm. They, they beat them all, and then they stop for a second. They realize that Mark has been, um, yeah, he's bitten. he's got a gash cut into his forearm. Uh, man, this attack is messy. It's messy, very much. It's, it's messy, and it's kind of funny, because when we feast, when we first meet Naomi Harris, uh, by the way, every time there's an apocalypse, apparently everybody goes straight for the leather dusters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, you, I mean, for zombies, yes. A leather duster would be That's what I was trying great. to say, though. Is like I make fun of it from an aesthetic standpoint because it is such a common thing to see. But in this case, transmitted via saliva and blood. You want to have as much of your body covered as possible. Leather is a good one to go with You want to have a it. ski mask on or something, which we see a character later on in the movie do... You want to have as little of yourself exposed as possible. Yeah. Um, because yeah, when when uh, Mark and Naomi Harris run into the kitchen to save Cillian Murphy, holy shit, there's blood everywhere. Like yeah. they make no attempt to do this clean. It's just like bah, blood everywhere, and it's like, dude, that's the thing that spreads the infection. <laughs> like maybe yeah. try to limit the blood the bloodletting. <laughs> See what she should have done was just decapitate him real quick and just get it over with. But yeah, she. She she hacks him to death. She doesn't just hack him once. I mean, she's bam, bam, bam. She's going bear Jew on him. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Absolutely. With, with no, the, he, with like, crumbles into the corner, and she's just 
overhanding this machete on top of him and we get to see him like put his arms up to defend himself yeah and that arm comes off it's fucking so she's brutal. not she's not aiming around the arms <laughs> like just <laughs> i mean it, it speaks to her character like she's not fucking around she's here she's going to survive like she, i'm i was friends with this dude but he got bit it, she did not hesitate for a second no there's there's repetition in the script that it's meant to be spelled out to you that this character it's her philosophy that you know if if it's me or you it's going to be it's going to be me who makes it out yeah like it's going to be you who dies um so we uh we move along the next day um oh, uh, no go one, for it. one quote um following the death of mark um mm-hmm. that i it jumped out at me i i, I said put a pin in that on my own notes <laughs> was, oh, okay. uh, naomi harris is like She's frustrated because she just had to kill Mark, and Cillian Murphy is just like, what the fuck do we do now? And she throws out there the phrase, uh, save the world or fall in love and fuck. Um, and I was like, huh. <laughs> like That seems like an odd thing to throw out there. That's yeah. not verbatim what she says, but basically she's talking about the fact that Mark was idealistic, mm-hmm. and hit, he wanted to... That was basically what he was aiming to do. Gotcha. <laughs> And she's like, "No, I just want to make it to tomorrow." Yeah, that's that. I mean, that that's lit legitimately what your that should be your motivation in a situation like this. Like, I just want to make it to tomorrow. Like, I fuck planning. Like, we just got to wake up tomorrow. That's that. That's key here. <laughs> um. So yeah, now they uh, they start moving along, and they're. I think it's starting to get kind of. Is it starting to get dark at this point? Like, they're they're needing to find shelter here pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they see in the distance in a pretty big um, apartment complex, say about 10, 12 stories, um, somebody's put up Christmas lights, flashing Christmas lights um, on the side, on the, like up in their window. Now, we just saw that him having a candle in the window, like just having it visible in the window brought on a whole bunch of shit. Why? I, I get why you'd be wanting to like get attention from somebody, but this seems like too much attention, even though you're high up. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, no, I could see that. Um, I'm not sure. Like, I I interpreted noise as being more of a thing that that draws the attention of these zombies, mm-hmm. um, more so than light. Uh, but yeah, I don't recall Cillian Murphy making any loud noises when he was hallucinating in the kitchen. So yeah, there's just I, a candle. You, know, you have to assume that yeah, that is part of it. But yeah, I I mean I I guess they were willing to take their chances. <laughs> Um, um, so they they oh, was it say they oh, walk. I was just gonna say they they head to the tower block. Uh, Naomi Harris and Cillian Murphy. Um, there's there's this cute set dressing at the bottom of the stairwell where it, um, there's shopping carts like a, mm-hmm. a a pyramid of shopping carts basically. And Cillian Murphy has a, a like a, a quip about like what what the hell is up with tower blocks and and shopping carts? <laughs> like, yeah, it must be a thing or something in like the housing yeah. projects or whatever. Yeah. But they start ascending the stairs to head to where the Christmas lights were blinking. And uh, Naomi Harris asks Cillian Murphy, like, do you need a break? And he's like, no. And then two seconds later, he's like, yeah. <laughs> and they have a, I actually like this exchange. It was kind of cute. Where they're, they're sitting on the stairs together, and she actually rightfully points out that, so you were in a coma, you haven't eaten, you've been running around, and all you've had is a Pepsi. And yeah, like like you had said, your your orange Fanta <laughs> made you queasy. 
I yeah. imagine the same would happen if all you had was a Pepsi and you're dehydrated. And uh, she has a pharmacy in her backpack. Oh, um, yeah. Which immedi- immediately made me think she was like a nurse or something. Um, it's never explicitly said what her, Not, her background is. She's a I chemist, s- apparently. I say I think she was right place, right time. Uh, that's the other place I would go. I would go to a pharmacy and just like just start dumping stuff like whatever I can find in mm. there. Just take everything. Really smart on her part. Um, that's one of the first places I could, I would go. Uh, but yeah, she says you have no fat stored and all you've had is sugar, so you're crashing now. Um, it just seemed like a very, very lucid. Uh, mm-hmm interpretation of his his situation like it was it came so naturally to her that's like does she have a medical background or something i think that i'm i think we could assume that she's maybe a doctor or a nurse um, i mean I, that's just an assumption on my part like i said it's never actually stated but i'm comfortable it just with that. jumped out at me how how quickly she identified that like she did the math in her head like oh you have these problems this is that, how we fix that that would also make sense like to why she was hacking up mark as soon as possible because she's like it doesn't matter like it's already in your system i mean she also has seen how quickly it can turn somebody but also she's like it doesn't matter if you if it was just a little bit or a lot you're fucked so yeah um but yeah so they uh, they get up the the stairs and then uh there's a gentleman with looks like mostly riot gear um and he's really friendly, and he's just like, "Oh, come on!" Like he's like, "Go around there, knock on the door." Yeah, and there's some uh, some infected g- get into the building and are chasing them up the stairs, mm-hmm. and uh, we get a call back to Naomi Harris, like only from a few minutes earlier. Um, as soon as the infected are on the stairwell, she takes the fuck off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. Cillian Murphy is actually like yelling to her, like, "Please don't leave me," because <laughs> he's like, don't make me still worn you. out. He's not moving very quickly, and she's zipping up the stairs. Yeah. And yeah, this gentleman in the riot gear uh, says, uh, "I think like room one five seven, go." Yeah. So she takes off right past him, and he has a he has a riot shield. Like, yeah. It's like a a polymer riot shield or something, and uh. Yeah, he blocks off the stairwell and manages to fend off the infected, and then they all head into the apartment. Yeah. Um, well, the girl, the girl's like, "Where's dad? Where's dad?" They're yeah, not letting yeah. him. Oh, let there's her a young in. girl in the apartment that won't let him in until she knows if it's okay. I honestly forgot that Brendan Gleeson was in this movie. I was thinking it was the second movie he was in. So when he comes in, I'm like, "Oh shit, he's in yeah, this one." Um, on my notes, I wrote Brendan Gleeson with four exclamation points. Yeah, I have it. Uh, I was very surprised to see him. <laughs> um, I said Brendan Gleeson one exclamation point. Never trust a dude that big in an apocalypse. Oh um, shit! Um, I'm gonna read my note because I think it. that's hilarious. Um, mine says Brendan Gleeson four exclamation points. Big dude lives in the projects, has riot gear, Christmas music. This guy is a monster. <laughs> I was gonna say, he's <laughs> gonna eat you. <laughs> I, you I was like, very suspicious of him from minute one. I think we're supposed to because he's being way too friendly. That yeah. that's that's the thing, and like he's uh, not John Goodman from Ten Cloverfield Lane, where you're <laughs> just on edge the entire time. Uh, yeah, he's he's almost like a red herring, where you're just like, oh, this guy's gonna just snap at any minute, or just like. Um, we're gonna have to kill one of you because my daughter and I are hungry. So. Well, I, uh, I, I hate to say it, but um, I almost got like a, a Zack Snyder Dawn of the Dead vibe with the the pregnant Russian girl. 
Oh yeah, where it's like, oh, mom's in the back bedroom or something, and they're keeping <laughs> her alive or something. Because that would she, make sense, yeah. Because they they end up offering them drinks, some mm. green green shit, uh, some, uh, cream de mint. Yeah, de um, mint. yeah. And the girl mentions that it's mom's, but mom's not there. Uh, yeah, I like how he gives his daughter. She's probably like twelve or thirteen, just you know, just around puberty age and he gives her a little bit of booze which i'm like that's good he, he gives her a little bit less than everybody else which i'm like yeah that's good but he also is realistic like oh, it's not looking great so drink well, up he, sweetie <laughs> he's kind of the heart and soul of the movie um he's my favorite character in it yeah uh, i would agree he's, he's just a good guy uh, actually but they do I, a very good job of you know laying the groundwork for it's like oh shit is he gonna turn at some point <laughs> He's a great guy, but I think Naomi Harris is my favorite character. I I really appreciate her survival survival skills. Um, there's especially one moment later we'll get to where she she comes in clutch. It backfires yeah. on her, but yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, Zombie one hundred and one. Uh, if <laughs> you're never you know. <laughs> the more you know, you're never safe in cities, and I do believe it's Bern- somebody says it. I think Brendan Gleeson's like you're never safe in cities, or maybe I figured it out. I don't know, but if you're in a major city, you, uh, Trevor, <laughs> you're in Seattle. <laughs> you need to get on water or get up to a mountain, uh, or get someplace cold. That okay? So I'll just go ahead and say it, since we're doing a zombie movie, if we're ever in a zombie apocalypse, go to where it's cold. Uh, because if zombies are out walking, then they're going to have difficulty, and also they're going to freeze, and they're not going to be able to move. So, go where it's cold. Oh, so you're fine. I'm fucked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, they uh, they all hang out, and he gives Naomi Harris the bedroom, and he's like, I'll just gonna, I'm just going to crash on the couch. So, the movie's like, I'm just going to crash on the couch. And uh, they make... Did they make... They almost make out here, I think, or do they make they ha- out? They have a cute exchange where you can tell that they're starting to warm up to each other a bit. Yeah. Um, funny, there was something that I thought was setting up for something, but it tended it was just me overanalyzing things. Um, he's shaving in the apartment, and they don't have any water. Mm-hmm. Um, the plumbing's done. Um, and he cuts the fuck out of his face. <laughs> Real bad. Like he he's got just like a shitty Bic razor with no water. Yes, yeah. you're, and he has a full beard because he was in a fucking coma, so he cuts the fuck out of his face. And I was thinking like, oh shit, he's got open wounds all over his face. Is he gonna like get blood smeared on him and turn or something? Mm-hmm. Obviously, it doesn't come into play, but it, it was just a funny little detail. Yeah. But um, yeah, they sleep in separate quarters, and then the following day, uh, uh, Brendan Gleeson's character's name is Frank, by the way. Um, he uh, he takes Cillian Murphy up onto the roof, and we have this really cool set dressing where he mm-hmm. has like a- anything that can contain or pool water in it, just like on the roof, ready for if it rains. Has it rained and in what? How many days was it? Ten, I think. Quite a while. Yeah, and he <laughs> he has this funny line where he he mentions that like, oh yeah, I saw something on TV where you take like Saran wrap and you put it over. Mm-hmm. A bucket or a hole and you can create condensation and get water and i've seen that in movies too like we we i know what he's talking about but yeah. i don't actually know how to do it so he like Maybe. you can actually see that he tried he's yeah. like fuck i don't know how to do it i don't know how to do this um yeah the, if and only they, they, he had the googles <laughs> yeah 2002 they did not have good googles uh 
he uh, th- they start to talk a little bit, and he's like, "We need to get out of here because like we're getting thirsty, and mm-hmm. we're just gonna die here." And they end up all four of them. They end up, I think, all on the roof or on a balcony, and they're talking like they're trying to get a radio signal. Um, yeah, they're messing with the radio, and they finally do get a signal, and they get this um, like like uh, it sounds like military dudes, and like if you're alive, try to get to us. We're like 26 miles east of um, London, or Manchester. Um, Manchester. Um, if you can make it out here, we've got supplies. You can make it. Like, yeah, we be have all right. supplies. We have food. We have weapons. We can protect you. Yeah. And the key phrase, though, is we have an answer to the infection. Yeah. Um, that's a big selling point. Um, for Naomi for here, people who are, you know, in need of water and food, that's a huge selling point. Uh, this is this goes against what Naomi Harris wants to do. This is a huge risk. Like you have to get you have to get a vehicle and you have to you know actually drive out there. She's not one to make plans like that. She's just like she said. She's surviving day to day. Like well, her big thing is that it's obviously a recording. Yeah, meaning it is a the recording. person who recorded it may not even be alive. Yeah, and it's actually the uh, the daughter. Uh, I forgot what her name Han- is. It? Hannah. Hannah. Um, she's actually the voice of reason here. She's like, we can die there. We can die here. Like we. We at least got to take a chance, and I believe she's right in this instance. Like, yeah, I think so. Yeah, you got to try. Um, we, you know, what's here? Uh, you can just keep <laughs> going from apartment to apartment. You might bump into other people, and they might not like you. And they might not want to take any risks uh, harboring you. Oh yeah, um, and yesterday, two zombies made it up the stairs to the door. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, it's so only a matter of time before others follow. They, uh, they. Pile into the, they call it the cab. Like, is it actually a cab? It's a taxi. Is it a taxi? Okay. Yeah, um, it says taxi, and he even turns on the meter and makes a joke about it. Um, they they're like, let's get out of here, and they decide. Uh, they all pack up. They're all in the cab, and uh, they decide they're gonna try to get out of London as fast as possible by taking the tunnel. Um, <laughs> Cillian Murphy, I believe, is like, no, let's not do yeah, that. His. <laughs> His dialogue during this scene is pretty great. <laughs> it's great. I really like this scene. This was a really tense scene. It was um, very good. But it's all piled up. I don't know how he did this, but there must have been like so much, so many people like just speeding through here that just cars were just smashed together. Um, but they get into the tunnel, and so the members like, "Look, great, we're fucking blocked." And uh, yeah, he's like, "You it, know how this is? You know how I I know this is a shitty idea because it's really obviously a shitty idea." <laughs> He's right. He's absolutely right. Do not take a tunnel like that. Um, but Frank's just not having it, so he decides he's going to pop a wheelie and just ride up over the cars, which was pretty dumb. I don't know how it was happening, but everyone's having a good time then. Yeah, the, the logic of how they ascended this barricade is... I'm sorry, that's not how that works. Fantastical, but, yes. Um, um, I, I really like, though, how he, there's like no words, really. He just kind of like... Cillian Murphy's yelling at him like, "Oh, well, I guess we got to turn back." And Brendan Gleeson just starts easing on the accelerator. <laughs> it's anyway. a very, it's a very dad move. Yeah. <laughs> Don't um, tell me what to do. They're having a pretty good time, and wouldn't you know it, they blow out a tire right as they're about to be finished with uh, yeah. riding. Brendan Gleeson lets out like one of the juiciest fucks I've ever Fuck. heard. It's well, like a you, growl. Because you know it was your fault, and it could have been avoided, and now you're in, you're a sitting duck. Uh, yeah. In an enclosed space. They, uh... They... Man, this is a really tense scene. Uh, they start to change the tire, and uh, in the background you can see the shadows moving. You know that, oh no, zombies are yeah, coming. The, uh, the uh, arrival of the zombies 
uh, are heralded by the rats. Oh yes, oh yeah, because the girl's like changing the tire and she freaks out because yeah, she's laying on her back, like yeah. on the like on the pavement, and then Oof. rat and then a tidal wave of rats come up on her. Yeah, that's I wouldn't change another tire the rest of my life. I'm not my back's not going on the ground again if that happens. To me. <laughs> um, but yeah, zombies are coming, and just in the nick of time, they they get it changed and they get out of there, and they're driving along, and Naomi Harris is like, stop here. And they stop in front of. I couldn't figure. Out, I thought it was her apartment complex, or maybe like, uh, like one of her family's. But it was actually a grocery store. Mm-hmm. Um, and they go in and they uh, they start getting groceries. I really like. This was a really uh, nice touch that they had. Um, uh, uh, fucking Frank. He's he's like looking at the whiskeys and he's like reading off the back of it. And he's like, ooh, single malt. Just like going through all the ingredients. And he's like, oh, this should be pretty good. And he puts one in there and he. He takes another, and he takes another. He takes four yeah. <laughs> altogether. I, I love the one phrase he has. It's like it puts out the fire but keeps in the warmth. Yeah, like, that's that's cool. That's how you sell booze. <laughs> I know. I know exactly what he means. It means it's not rough on the throat, but it's still nice and uh, yeah, nice and, and warm. I love how uh, uh, Tilly and Murphy is like taking stuff off the shelf, and Frank actually like takes it from him. So it's like, don't just pick anything. Like go yeah. for the good stuff. <laughs> yeah, he's right. He's right. Yeah, this whole scene was. It felt lifted directly from the original Dawn of, Dead, Dawn of the Dead, especially. It's, I still haven't um, seen it's, it because it's that there's a happy, no... uplifting moment where everything's great in the zombie movie right before everything's not great. I, uh... it, it's genuinely fun because we just had a, a really tense scene in the tunnel. And, yeah. you know, everybody had, is on this emotional high where it's like, we just got out of something really scary. And now we have, like, a fucking playground, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, they, they pack up all their stuff. I was worried that something was going to happen here. Oh, and I still haven't seen the original, um, Dawn of the Dead because there's no, there's no platform for me to stream it. Like I'd have to buy it. I don't know if it's worth me buying. It's, it's really frustrating. Yeah, I think I mentioned before that like the, I think the rights to it are in flux right now and they have been for a while. So Mm. I could see it being difficult to track down on streaming. Yeah, I'll get there. Um, anyway, it's very good. I'm sure it is. I, I I like the remake. I mean, I liked the remake at the time. I could see that story, and if it has really good makeup effects, if it's George Romero, uh, it should... Makeup effects are not as good as Day of the Dead. Oh, really? It's okay. older. I still it's like older. Day of the Dead. I think it's older and cheaper. I liked Day of the Dead. I, I, I really like Day of the Dead. I think it's underappreciated. Um, and yeah. I mean, we'll we'll get to the Day of the Dead portion of yeah. this movie at some point. <laughs> Oof, yeah. Um, so they uh, they get out there. They get to the outskirts. They're not quite to Manchester. Um, they're on the outskirts, and they find like some stone, like some kind of some stones, basically. A rock. Right bowl. before that is where we go to the diner, and Cillian Murphy kills a kid. Yeah. Uh, this it's a is minor. His... It's a minor point. I think it's yeah. just meant to show that his his character has changed a bit. Like. Because before he has an exchange with Naomi Harris where she says, like, um, taking into consideration peop- of other people is what's going to slow you down and is what's going to get you killed. And he, yeah. at the time, says that, yes, I would I would go out of my way to save other people. And she's like, well, that's because you're stupid. Yeah. And I feel like him bashing in this kid's brains in the diner. An infected kid, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> he wasn't just a kid. Yeah, um, is meant to demonstrate that he's starting to lean, lean a little bit more towards 
her point. Like he's mm-hmm. he's understanding the gravity of the situation a bit. Yeah, we get a nice scene where uh, Brendan Gleeson's siphoning. Um, he's siphoning gas from a truck, and he has his. Uh, he's finished. He has his daughter roll up in the car, and she's not fifteen. She's like. 12 or 13 and she's driving the car and she's not slowing down and she yeah, she's a stunt driver <laughs> yeah she she swings it to the side scaring the shit out of everybody well um, it's a fucking gas truck <laughs> yeah yeah well i mean not even just that just like you could just wreck our one vehicle like yeah. we're stranded if you fuck this up uh, it's it's nice because he's mad he's like Oof, just get get back it's, it's a very dad moment yeah, I would be furious. I'm like, you're never driving again. Are you out of your fucking mind? <laughs> There's no, I have no sense of humor in a zombie apocalypse. Are you kidding me? with our mode of transportation? Absolutely not. Take Go to finger. your room. I might in the take back a of finger. the cab. <laughs> I, might, I might take a finger for that actually for that kind of play. Um. So yeah, they're they're out there camping, eating. Um. This was a nice scene too. Yeah, um, you get horses. It's like a little uh, picnic. I like that too. He's like admiring the horses. Um, little picnic. Uh, Naomi Harris and um, Cillian Murphy go for a little walk. I think this is where they're. Are they about? She gives they... him a peck on the cheek. Yeah. Um, it's, very, it's like a, a very grade school gesture. Where it's like, yeah. <laughs> I uh, like you. I like this. I have this... to run away. <laughs> I liked this little scene. Um, in the evening, they're going to sleep and. Um, Brendan Gleeson is going to let the rest of them get some shut-eye before they take off. He's like, you guys go ahead and take, get some sleep. I'll, I'll stay up. And um, Naomi Harris takes Valium, and Valium, and uh, she gives one to Cillian Murphy, and then she's offering one to the little girl. She's like, and uh, the dad's like, no, no, you don't need one. Um, which I, I understand. Like, yeah, he gave her a little bit of booze before, um, and then now she's wanting like prescription pills. He's like, okay, let's just... Let's just take it easy. Oh, they mentioned, like, why is she already asleep? Like, yeah. Naomi Harris is already out. And they're like, hey, are you asleep? I'm like, yeah. How are you out so quick? She's like, Valium. You want one? Like, you'll go to sleep. <laughs> um, so they have Brendan Gleeson finally like, okay, just give her half of one. Um, so I want to I pause for a sec here and ask you, what do you, th- what kind of commentary do you think they're making with um with this because he, he lets her have a little bit of booze he doesn't want her to have any pharmaceutical drugs um there's a lot of like you said pepsi specifically pepsi product placement in this mm. um they're eating a lot of junk food and I, I also read that the rage was supposed to kind of um symbolize like um real world anger like heightened anger uh I feel like there, there's a message here they're trying to get at something. I just, I, just at the time, I wasn't really picking up on it. But now that we're talking back through it, um, I don't know what you, what you thought about that. Is there? Um, I'm not sure, actually. Uh, I'm, trying, I'm desperately trying to remember what was going on in the world in the early 2000s in regards to like health scares. Because um, I feel like the the one major thing that this movie brings to the table is like this is officially a zombie disease Mm -hmm. and part of the scary nature of disease is um the fact that it can spread um but traditionally like part of the fear of disease is that it it has a uh it has a gestation period of some sort that makes it invisible Mm -hmm. um I'm not sure actually what what exactly they're trying to say with this, um, 
I mean, the junk food thing, I think, has has more to do with just uh, we don't have the means to cook anything. And yeah. anything that was fresh is no longer fresh 28 days later. Except for the irradiated the apples. apples. <laughs> the apples, yeah. <laughs> so everything we're eating is packaged and stuff. Well, even so, that I think that there's... I think they're still trying to say something. That's a good point, is the apples. Because all the fruit spoiled except for these one apples. Yeah. Why are they Why are they not spoiled? Why, why is it just this kind? Do they have a it's lot of... Because kim- they're genetically altered and covered in, you know, pesticides and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like they 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 were trying to say something. Uh, I mean, it works out for the story that they have all this packaged food and sodas left over. But I feel like they they were trying to get a message across. I just wasn't quite sure what it was, and I thought yeah, that I, I think th- uh, the fact that this is a UK movie maybe muddles it a bit because mm-hmm. obviously I don't have oh, yeah. as much insight into UK True. affairs from that time period as I do over here. Yeah, I don't know. I, I was just I was just curious. the The prescription when I was watching him, like the prescription. Uh, painkiller part was like okay maybe maybe they're trying to get to something here um Hmm. but anyway i (laughs) off topic there um so yeah they they get up the next day get on the road there's a nightmare sequence in here that was oh yes oh this was very good actually yeah very effective because like we said about brendan gleason's character um my impulse as a person who has seen a few movies of this nature was to brand him as a potential threat in absolutely of some, of some fashion you know, like i could totally see a, a dad going unhinged and becoming overly protective of his daughter and directly preceding the scene we just loaded up the car with supplies mm-hmm. do we really need two more passengers no not really um so we get the scene where uh Cillian murphy wakes up um and he's completely alone in the same location that he went to sleep in and he does his hello hello yeah. like three four times and he's obviously distraught and doesn't know what to do and then uh we cut back to him and uh brendan gleason he's back in the camp it's still night and brendan gleason like shakes him awake and says hey you're having a nightmare it's like it's okay uh, so we get like, he calls a, him son a, too yeah, it was it was well done. Like I was yeah. like, oh shit, did he did he just get ditched? <laughs> yeah, it was effective. Um, um, and then it's funny because he wakes up in exactly the same fashion yeah. as he did in the dream, <laughs> and the way it's framed, it's like, oh shit, did it happen for real? <laughs> yeah. um, but no, he he wakes up to the car honking, and it turns out everybody else loaded up the car, and he's just they let him sleep. I did the drug math, and this actually checks out. Brendan Gleeson didn't have any, nor did I think he caught any shut-eye. I think he stayed up all night. Uh, Naomi Harris has been popping these pills, so one pill for her, probably not that big a deal. She's going to come out of it pretty quick. Uh, Hannah only had uh, half of one, so she's not as affected. Um, He hasn't had any, so actually it makes sense that he would be the last one up uh because he's had the most powerful dosage. Uh, (laughs) But he wakes up last, and... uh, like, come on, come get in the car. Like, he just literally picks up his pillow, blanket, and then goes into the car. Uh, so, yeah. Um, we go for another driving montage, and then I believe we arrive at Manchester. And they stop the car briefly uh, because uh, there's this grand reveal where it's a very slow tilt up, and we get to see that the entirety of the city appears to be on fire. Yeah, it is on fire. And like a, Naomi Harris rightfully points out that it's like, well, there's no firemen, so whatever's burning is just going to keep burning. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's it's a neat effect. It's it's well done. 
and probably didn't cost too much to do because it's it's such a distant shot that they just matted the sky and the, the skyline portion of the city and it's at such a great distance that you can't really make out any details but you get you get it you get the visual um, and this actually leads into one of my favorite scenes in the movie is mm-hmm. uh, they get to they get to the gate basically to get into uh, the city and it's are there's cars basically blocking it off and they kind of have to zigzag a little bit through it looks um, like a military checkpoint almost yeah it does um, very heavily guarded uh, but not by people uh, military checkpoint they get in there and they all get out of the car um, and they're kind of walking around and there's just there's nobody here there's tents nobody's in there there's trucks and uh, we get this really good scene with um, Brendan Gleason and he's just he's frantically like looking around like there's got to be something here um, and I thought this was this was done really well because one he's a father who's trying to take care of his daughter and this was this was going to be that moment where he could just relax that's why he couldn't sleep he's 100% focused on saving my daughter and mm-hmm. he he's realizing now that he put all of his he put all of his faith into this this um getting them to this checkpoint getting them to this area and there's nobody there mm-hmm. and he's not taking it very well um <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh I think does his daughter does Hannah try to calm him down and he shoves her? I don't remember that, but uh, Naomi Harris tells him like we gotta go, like it's mm-hmm. probably not safe here, and he shouts at all of them like yeah. and go where? Yeah, and then he just storms off. It reminds me of uh, Six Days Seven Nights where Harrison Ford they realize he's like I think we're on a different island and he goes into the shrubs he's like son of a bitch yeah <laughs> <He just laughs> like, excuse down. me <laughs> that was. That's the uh, second time that movie's come up. And yeah, I, I happen to enjoy it. Um, but yeah, so he he's like, I need a breather. He kind of he kind of walks away to just like get his composure, come back. And um, there's a, a dead body hanging from uh, pretty high. I'm guessing because they had guards posted up. And I'm guessing what happened is he somehow died up there. Maybe he got shot. I don't really know. But he's hanging up. Um or he was put there by somebody, but there's a crow um, just kind of munching on him a little bit, and he's standing directly underneath the body, and a drop of blood comes down and hits him in the eye. Yeah, actually, it's even worse than that. Um, mm-hmm. He's he's sitting he's sitting, and the crow keeps cawing, and he's you know he's pissed off. That's the last thing he wants to deal with right now. Yeah, <laughs> is a is a fucking bird laughing at him basically. Yeah. So he actually walks up to the I think it's a gate that the the guard is suspended on top of and he he kicks the gate uh, to scare off the crow oh and, yeah and in kicking the gate it vibrates the corpse which causes a drop of blood to fall directly onto his fucking eyeball you yeah. <laughs> right into the bloodstream uh and it's and, happening immediately and he he just starts to like kind of spasm a little bit and i think his daughter tries to come up and he's like get away from here like get away from me very effective scene uh very Mm -hmm. well acted very well like um the the music i think was effective here too because like there's there's like a tone that plays like as soon as his eyeball gets contacted by the blood it's like oh like you the viewer know what this means yeah he does too and 
he actually like before he starts to get violent he turns to his daughter and he says like hannah i love you very much (laughs) but keep away (laughs) and she it's she's taking time to process what's happening like you Mm -hmm. can tell that she does nobody knows what happened you can just tell he's acting weird and he's telling them to stay away um brendan gleason is like after I've rewatched a couple movies with him, and it's made me think of other movies I've seen. He is really climbing up as one of my favorite people, like one of my favorite actors to watch. He's magnetic. Um, like you, you see him, and he just has a way about him. Mm-hmm. Like Gangs of New York is, he wasn't in it much, but every scene that he's in, you're you're kind of transfixed on him. And yeah. Lake Placid, he's like, <laughs> I, why I just, are you in this movie, Brendan Gleeson? <laughs> I just rewatched that uh, a couple days ago. Uh, I had some credits on Google Play, and that was the only platform that had Lake Placid. I was trying to get some plat in, some Oliver Platt. Um, he steals it, <laughs> but uh, of course, uh, it. he's he's trying to do an American accent there. It's not. 100%. It's weird because I remember seeing it when it was new, and I was young, and I was just yeah. like, "What is this okay. guy's deal? Like, What's he wrong just with sounds his voice? weird. <laughs> he sounds like he's mm. trying to creep out everyone." <laughs> Uh, and uh, I've had a pin in in Bruges for a while, and this is a, this would be a good time to do it while it's Christmassy. But uh, he's really good in that. There's some movie I think it's called Cavalry that I remember. It, like it got a big hullabaloo. Like uh, critics loved it from a few years ago. Uh, I think he's the headliner of it. I don't know a thing about it. I've just seen stills of him looking cool. <laughs> I f- I found one. Uh, I. Th- think he i think he's in it uh nil nil by mouth from like 1997 or maybe that's ray winstone actually i, I mean they're both hardy brits yeah. <laughs> with giant heads it is ray winstone I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah it is ray winstone i'd love to see a death match between the two of them oh <laughs> it would be it would be long it's sweaty <laughs> if you like those two dudes bo- remember those two bo- uh, dudes boxing in uh, uh gangs in new york those two yeah. just be like basically... round 105 <laughs> that dude's dead i think the other he killed the other guy i'm pretty <laughs> sure that dude was dead um but yeah he I, turns... I wouldn't want to see his kids in the crowd like cheering for him it'd be terrifying um <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I always forget he's in Braveheart. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> he's in Braveheart. Um, so, yeah, he turns, and I think he's turned so quickly. This, Yeah, like you said, this is really good. Like, his physical acting is really good yeah. in this. Um, he turns, and I think he starts coming towards him, and they're kind of caught off guard by this. Like, they're not even ready for what has happened. And he's Naomi also Harris a, is. But he's also a monster. Like, this isn't going to be easy. Like, he's a big guy. Mark, Mark's a, he was a decent sized guy, pretty average, a little bigger than Cillian Murphy, but not by much. Brendan Gleeson's a fucking tank. Like he's a big <laughs> dude. Like if I saw him coming at me full blast, I'm like, oh fuck, take out his knees, <laughs> take out his knees, get behind him. <laughs> well, I mean, it's like it's like a silverback charging at you. It's just like, Jesus. what do I do? It's like, well, there's not a whole lot to be done. <laughs> uh, nope. <laughs> really you just can cross do. yourself and hope for the best. <laughs> Pray to somebody. Um, <laughs> But yeah, Naomi he, Harris is is crying out to Cillian uh, Murphy to kill him. He's he's turned, kill yeah. him. And Cillian Murphy has this bat, and he's thinking it over. And Naomi Harris is busy like trying to keep Hannah from going to her dad. Yeah. So she, you know, the most capable person in the group is a little. She got her hands full at the moment. Yeah. And just as Brendan Gleeson charges at them, some shots are fired, and he gets riddled with squibs. Yeah. 
and then it's revealed that there are some military folks that have been just kind of hiding around them or something. Yeah, like assholes. Yeah, um, it's like, how long were you there? <laughs> well, it makes sense as we move along um, why. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so we get to... Well, yeah, so they get saved by the military. They've got gas masks on. Or gas, gas masks on. And they lead them with all their supplies. They get in the car. like They follow them um, back to this pretty big house. Um, I'd call it a mansion, dude. Yeah, we'll call it a mansion. I like that. That'll work. <laughs> um, and uh, the guy, the guy um, kind of running this place is... He's actually one of the more recent Doctor Who's. Yeah, uh, Christopher I, Eccleston. Uh, um, he, it's funny, him and, and as Doctor Who, he walks like uh, Charlie Hunnam in uh, in Green Street Hooligans. He has like Oh, that, he's got that swagger. Yeah, he walks like that in Doctor Who of this, well, the few episodes I watched with him. Yeah, Christopher Eccleston, like, I don't have much of a connection with him, but I know he's one of the Doctor Who guys, so mm-hmm. obviously a huge chunk of n- nerd fandom. Yeah, like no one, lo- no one love him. Um, he was also in Thor two as maybe the most ineffectual villain in the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> <laughs> I, haven't seen, I haven't seen any of those movies. And he was in the the Stephen Summers uh, GI Joe movie. Um, nope, didn't watch that either. As De- Destro, <laughs> uh, he's very Scottish in in a uh, GI Joe. Um, he Is- does. I don't think he has a Scottish accent in this movie though. Is Carrie Elways Elways Elways? Um, is he British too? I believe. I think, I think he's legit British. If he isn't, he just has a weird accent. Because in yeah. a in Saw, he sounds like a British guy desperately trying to sound American, and he it comes is. across as pitiful. He is British. Uh, I, I do believe he is. Not mentioned because he was on that Capital. I think he did like a Capital One commercial, something like that. Oh, he even has that line in Robin Hood Men in Tights where he looks direct at camera and he's like, "Unlike some other Robin Hoods, I can speak can with be- a British accent." <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I listened to a podcast about that Prince of Thieves movie uh, uh-huh. where Kevin Costner uh, is not British, nor is anybody in that movie except for Alan Rickman, really. Yeah, um, but. <laughs> I was surprised that they um, they didn't mention that he actually does do a British accent at one point, and it's to get rid of a guard, basically. And like maybe they left that in the movie to like look how bad his British accent is. Like, like do you really awful. want this for two hours? Do no, ya? you don't? Just <laughs> pretend that's what you're hearing. So, well, I mean, Christian Slater, like, I don't know if it's intentional, but it fades in and out. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even notice. It. I thought he was just doing raspy christian slater um uh so there was a so they take um they get in there he's like oh welcome we'll we'll have you we'll get you guys some dinner um and there's a moment where one of the guards i think makes there's a guard who has kind of a temper and he he's kind of he's just he's not he's unhappy with something and we're not really sure what it is um but he, I forget what happens here. I wanted to mention that I realized that there was trouble happening because I actually kind of forgot about this sequence. I'm like, I know something bad happens here. I remember the, the one zombie gets away, but I can't remember how. But yeah, I think the girls go off to do something and um, Cillian Murphy walks around with Doctor Who and he shows him the one soldier that turned into um, a zombie and they have him chained up. Um, yeah, uh, the zombie's name is Mailer. I guess mm-hmm. he was a, he was one of their group, but he got infected, and 
uh, we get this scene that it's like, why would you hang your dirty laundry in here? Like, there's yeah. a zombie in there. You want to be able to see him all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we get this perspective shot of something charging at them. Uh, it's a little Evil Dead-esque. And uh, it turns out it's a zombie, on, like, with a choke collar on, with a chain yeah. attached to it. And uh, Christopher Eggleston doesn't react, but, like, like, Cillian Murphy actually, like, tries to tackle him out of the way. Yeah. And uh, it's explained to Cillian Murphy that uh, this, this is one of our guys. We have him chained up. Um, he makes no acknowledgement of, you know, the inherent cruelty of this. Um, but his logic, and this actually does make some sense, is he wants to see how long it'll take for this thing to starve to death. Yeah. Because if all these zombies scattered throughout the country are deprived of food for long enough, maybe we can just outlast them. Yeah. It's very smart. Um, it's smart. I mean, it's fucking cruel, but, you know. It's cruel, in but. A, in an given... us or them kind of situation, I kind of get it. The given the given the circumstances, I I'll allow it. Uh, <laughs> in the, in the words of the immortal Mills Lane, I'll allow it. <laughs> I'll allow it. Um, yeah, this whole uh, sequence when he's touring the camp it has an eerie atmosphere that's very effective, because right from the get go, the testosterone level in this camp is nuts, through the roof. Oh, the the scene with the. Uh, the cook down i knew there was trouble when i when he goes down into the kitchen and he sees one of the guys cooking he's got his camo on but on under his on top of his camo he's got a really uh, feminine um uh what do you call it apron a very feminine apron and i'm like these guys are kind of off uh because he's he's like kind of laughing and he's being goofy down there they're they're all being goofy and grab assy like it it has like a frat house kind of feel to it yeah. And it's uncomfortable because these are newcomers and nobody's making any, any attempt to accommodate them. You can tell they're kind of like in their own little reality right now. And not only that, there's an, um, in addition to the testosterone level being elevated, um, there's also an air of incompetence going around. Yeah, like, this you is don't not... get the sense that these are good soldiers. <laughs> no, that's that's the thing is like, yeah, you you get to this this base and you've got all these military dudes. You're expecting to be a tight operation. Like these guys are on point, and it's pretty loosey goosey. And like that's you, it's a little unsettling. Like that's not what I was expecting when I got here. Um, and I'm not. I think it's after the uh, the dinner scene or before the dinner scene. But I noticed that. Um, Doctor Who, the guy running this thing, is actually drinking the whiskey that they took from the store. Yeah, um, I think it's after the dinner scene. Mm-hmm. Um, that that really jumped out at me. Um, yeah. Before that, though, we do get a, a hint as to their intentions, uh, where uh, our heroes, so Naomi, Naomi Harris, uh, Hannah, who's you know not doing so hot after her dad died, um, no. and Cillian Murphy, they're all... They're all given a room and they're allowed to relax for a bit. But Cillian Murphy looks out the window onto the grounds and the soldiers are doing like donuts with their cab. Mm-hmm. So they took their vehicle and they're yeah. unloading the goods into their into their camp. Yeah. So they effectively just commandeered their supplies and their vehicle without asking. Yeah. It's like that's kind of fucked. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah, and want, these guys all have guns. <laughs> if they would have had the conversation, like, "Listen, we'll protect you. I mean, we're gonna, we'll take your supplies. We'll, we'll bring you in. We'll, you'll have protection. But I mean, we brought supplies. We'll, we'll take that in exchange." I'm like, that I would understand. I still wouldn't be super happy about, but at least there would be a conversation. Exactly. Um, 
But yeah, I think they have dinner and yeah, there's the, an exchange. The dinner scenes where it really culminates, where it's like, oh, this is not a good place to be. <laughs> yeah. Um, is this where they? Is this where they mention? Oh, this they're sitting at dinner and they, the alarm basically goes off. Like they're, they, there's something that's happening. There's a conversation that's happening at the table, and I think that's where we learn that one of the guys makes a pass at Naomi Harris. And one of the other soldiers tells him like to fuck off. Yeah. Um, and that's when they first get there. There's one soldier in the group who who's more philosophical than the rest. Yeah. And he's kind of ridiculed for it. And yeah. By by his expression, you can tell that this is a theme. It has a very like Lord of the Flies kind of feel to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, a military academy group group think kind of thing where it's like you got to weed out the the non-believers. It has yeah. a cultish atmosphere to it almost and. To, to cement that theory, um, the thing that really jumped out at me was that uh, Christopher Eccleston comes to the dinner table, which is lit with candles and stuff, by the way. So it has an air of ceremony to it. Mm-hmm. He comes to the dinner table in his dress uniform. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> it's a little odd. That it's a little that. odd. <laughs> um, and yeah, the the one guy, Mitchell, um, who, by the way, I... I uh, I interpreted him as Michael Shannon and Kevin Dillon mixed together. <laughs> so Kevin Dillon as Bunny from Platoon. Yeah. Mixed with like Michael Shannon's facial features. I can see that. It, he's totally he's totally Bunny. Like yeah. everything about him is like he is the scum of the earth, but in this particular in this particular set of circumstances, he thrives. <laughs> like he's able to get away with things that he probably couldn't in daily life. Yeah. In society. But yeah, uh during dinner, uh these, this alarm goes off and everybody goes to their battle stations because on the grounds they like set up mines and floodlights because it's it's just like wide open space so anything yeah. that's coming at them they can see it coming a mile away and everybody just takes off and starts shooting and this is where you, that uh, incompetence aspect comes into things where it's like yeah. wow these guys are not good soldiers <laughs> no um, they're not good sh- soldiers but um Cillian Murphy goes to have a drink with uh, Doctor Who, and this is where he's drinking the whiskey that they took from the store. Um, and he is explaining to him that we're pretty much everything that's left. We don't know who else is out there. I mean, this has gone across the world, and he's like, my boys have been here for a long time, and I, I have to keep them sane, and to keep them sane... We gotta have sex with those. They gotta have sex with those two girls. He says, uh, "I promised them women," and yeah. it needs to be said that directly preceding this scene, the reason why they have a drink and the reason why a drink is offered to Cillian Murphy is a, uh, after all the violence. So when everybody's super aggro and you know has their adrenaline pumping, that Mitchell guy, Kevin Dillon, <laughs> um, yeah. he comes back and instantly gets rapey with Naomi Harris. Yeah, and uh, he and Cillian Murphy have a have a little exchange um, mm-hmm. they go at it for a bit and christopher eccleston like breaks it up and after the dust is cleared he just says drink <laughs> see he actually it's one the the one you were saying that um is standing out the one guy that's just not he's not falling yeah. in, falling ranks he's the one that brings it up too like he he says something and it's actually doctor who that gets on to him he's like hey like which in this situation you were like why wouldn't he get mad at the guy getting rapey why is he getting mad at the guy who's standing up for her yeah yeah it's It's like clearly like 
clearly suspicion your suspicions are confirmed at this point something yeah. something very dark is going on in this place and it's all but confirmed once christopher eccleston says like i promised them women it's like yeah well i only know of two women on the campus right now <laughs> and he he just books it out of there and he runs up to the room to get the two naomi harris and uh, hannah and they start running out, and as they're about to run out the front door, he just gets clocked right in the mouth. And uh, I think he pretty much just wakes up in a dungeon at that point. Yeah, um, and we get that really creepy sequence where uh, uh, the the non-believer of the military guys, he's also chained up in there with him, and you can just hear him barely audible muttering to himself. And he's going, he's droning on and on about how he he believes that the the rest of the world has left the UK behind. Like, the rest of the world is fine. Like, there's no infection beyond the UK. The UK and is the, just a quarantine. Yeah, he's like, it's it's a quarantine because it's an island. Um, which contradicts uh, what Naomi Harris told us earlier in the movie, though, that there were reports of infection in New York and Paris. Yeah. So this guy is delusional in some ways. But, I mean, he's on the side of the angels in some ways. So, like, he's not a bad person. But no. the thoughts running through his head are not correct. Um, so the next day, um, Cillian Murphy and uh, this guy are taken out, and there, there's a big pile of bodies that's located um, just at the end of the wall within the with on the property, um, and it's pretty clear that they're about to get shot in the head. They're just going to be executed, um, and I think the the what's the one soldier's name that he was chained up with? The I'm just I don't the know the shoot. name of the guy who he's chained up with. Um, he's the goody two shoes guy. Um, <laughs> he, I think he starts talking some shit uh, to the really mean guy, and the mean guy's like, "I'm not gonna shoot this dude. I'm gonna stab him. Like, I'm gonna, f-, which is awful. Like, <laughs> do the right thing. Just shoot him in the head. If you're gonna, if you're gonna kill him, just shoot him in the head." And he's like, "No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna gut this dude. Like, this is gonna be bad." And uh, his partner is just like, "No, no, no. That's not what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to just shoot them." And yeah, it's, um, the, it's the cook. The- probably the dopiest member of the group and out of whatever shred of humanity he has left he puts this guy out of his misery he he shoots him before his um, comrade there can go at him with a knife and slit him neck to nuts uh, to quote city (laughs) slickers Um, and he get like the guy who's about to cut him up just gets so angry he's just like what the fuck what are you doing and Cillian Murphy takes this as an opportunity uh, to get out of there um, and he escapes up over the wall, and they're like, "We're fucked." And like, no, 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 no. He's on the other side of the wall. He's as good as dead. He's not gonna come back. This is fine. <laughs> Clearly, you've never seen a Steven Seagal movie or a yeah. Rambo movie for that mo- for that matter. <laughs> um. So yeah, now we uh we get back to the mansion, and it is getting very uncomfortable. Yeah, um, Naomi Harris and Hannah are both asked to disrobe and put on nice dresses. Yeah. Um, Um, We get a really uncomfortable scene where they're stripping Naomi Harris, um, and she, like, very wisely grabs one of them by the head and just, like, plants one on his lips and looks him dead in the eyes and says, like, I need to be alone with with hannah for a minute like if you if you want us to put on these dresses i need to be alone for a minute and this is like her this is her bargaining chip basically yeah like this is a soldier who's probably been deprived of a woman's touch for a very long time uh she manages to get what she asked for um 
takes a takes a minute of convincing. Yeah. <laughs> and her grand plan, and it's all she's got in this situation, is to dump as many pills into Hannah as possible. Um, yeah. Hannah a- actually asks, like, "Are you trying to kill me?" No, and, she's like, "No." Nope, and she says, "No, I'm trying to make you not care." Yeah, and that's one of the reasons why I really liked her characters. Like in crunch time, she she really does care. Like she's like. I don't care about the people that are dead weight, but in this moment, she, she gets like that that shred of humanity back for herself. She's like, no, I gotta like it. You're not gonna care what happens, and uh, yeah. that's why I really liked her character. Was good. She was a badass this whole time, but this was a really good scene. No, I was I was really impressed with that scene. Um, I I did think that she was still trying to kill her anyway. <laughs> like, she may have been, um, but they the guards come wise to what she's doing. They just come, they just barge in out of nowhere and just slap. We see what the fuck you're doing. Like slaps the pills out of there. Um, luckily, Hannah is able to ingest uh, whatever yeah. was given to her, and uh, um, the air raid siren goes off, and so they're mm-hmm. all the soldiers. Their attention is diverted away from them. Um, yeah. So this is kind of weird. Um, uh, Christopher Eccleston and this this one fucking guy that very clearly like tried to cut his own hair and did a horrible job of it. Oh yeah, <laughs> because it's like really? patchy and shit. Yeah, <laughs> like with scissors, not with clippers, or probably a combat knife. Um, they take off in like a jeep or a Humvee or a Hummer or something, and they head out to the checkpoint. Yeah, in response um, to the air raid siren. Yeah, Cillian Murphy is creating a distraction. He's he's cranking the air raid siren. Like, what the fuck is that? Two dudes know what it is. The other guys are like, what the fuck is that? Like, what's happening? But um, it's just kind of weird seeing like the the CEO and mangy guy. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. Like, why wouldn't you send like the grunts to go take care of that? Yeah. Well, I mean, they don't know what's going on. They think that True. Cillian Murphy's dead. So they're like, what the fuck is happening? Like, this yeah. could be big deal um so it's Cillian raining Mur- yeah it's <laughs> raining it's nighttime now um, um Cillian murphy at the checkpoint Cillian murphy kills the fuck out of mange man i forgot about this, uh, this he, was really ra- good. he rambos him yeah like i don't know i don't know if like maybe a different script writer came on board for the, the finale <laughs> of this movie but yeah Cillian murphy suddenly turns into steven seagal yeah <laughs> and starts snapping necks and stuff um, uh, then again, uh, we don't actually know anything about him as a person prior to the infection. I don't think that he has any training. I, th- I, I mean, his uh, reaction to violence, and he's actually questioned, like, have you killed anyone? And his only response is, I've killed a boy. Um, okay. So I, yeah. I, I guess we can't pretend that he's like a secret military badass or something. He just magically becomes a badass for the last part of the film. Um, but yeah, he kills Mange Man, and uh, Christopher Eccleston uh, tries to drive off, but the jeep, it, he also, like, scuttles the jeep, basically. And I guess the two of them hoof it back to the camp, <laughs> um, independent of each other. Yeah. But now we have a situation where Naomi Harris and Hannah are in dresses. It's a dark and stormy night with rainstorm going on, and uh, Christopher Eccleston and... Uh, Cillian Murphy, Jim is his character's name, by the way. Uh, they're hoofing it back to the camp. And Cillian Murphy has a plan. Um, so remember that zombie who's chained up in the middle of the, the courtyard? Mm-hmm. Um, he uses a rifle that he jacked from Mange Man uh, to shoot the chain off of him. 
Yeah. So now we have a zombie in the middle of the mansion just running around. <laughs> well, this was a, a, a almost smart move. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a good way to have a distraction while he tries to get the girls. But... He also lets the zombie loose near the house where the girls are. Yeah, so, and you have no way of knowing what it's going to do and who it's going to go for. Yeah, they don't have any weapons, so yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a dice roll, but I it's guess... It's a dice roll. I guess it's what you got to do. It's um, a movie, let's see how By the way, he's out. shirtless in the rain. Yeah. I'd be so miserable. <laughs> I forget why he takes off his shirt. He loses it when he hop, when he vaults over the wall. Okay, there's, yeah. There's chain barbed wire. Yeah. It, it yanks it off of him. Um, so yeah, now he's kind of... The zombies loose, a couple guys scatter, and um, he's kind of working his way through the mansion trying to get to the girls. Uh I think they separate Naomi Harris and the girl, if I'm not mistaken, or yep. they, yeah. Um, I like the uh, the kitchen scene, the kitchen zombie scene. Uh, I didn't know how you felt about that. Uh, uh, it was effective. All the zombie action in this movie is actually a w- little weird, because we're calling them zombies, but they're not. No. They're, they really are not in any sense. Um, as far as we can tell, we don't. Eat, they don't eat people. No. Uh, they just seem to seek out other organisms that are not infected and attempt to spread the infection mm-hmm. um the the boy when uh before Cillian murphy kills him says i hate you like in clear language mm-hmm. and the virus is called rage so we can assume that it, it makes you like uncontrollably angry or something mm-hmm. um but the behavior of these infected people is difficult to pin down because their objective seems kind of weird it it seems kind of hazy and the violence that they bring onto people is never we never actually really see it Mm -hmm. they basically tackle people puke on them and then just leave yeah um so again it seems like the objective is just to spread the infection not so much to to maim and kill or or devour but just get on someone bite them or, or get blood on them yeah so the violence in this movie there it's a pretty violent movie but very little of it is is from like attacks from infected people mm-hmm. uh, so yeah this one one poor fella gets pinned down to a, like a, a table by by two infected people and i think like they they break his arm when they're when they're leaning on him it doesn't seem to be intentional but uh yeah he gets puked on and now we have many infected people, and uh, one of them's like hiding in a, a cupboard, mm-hmm. uh, watching all this happen. And it's 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 very much a, a what Corporal Upham moment from Private Ryan with Upham? the knife. Yeah, yeah, the knife attack. Where it's just oh, like, okay. oh, I should probably do something. Oh, I didn't do anything. <laughs> That's one of the roughest movie deaths ever. Um, uh, yeah, no joke. <laughs> Seriously. Um, so yeah. Now, they've split up Naomi Harris and um, the Michael Shannon hybrid that you were talking about. Um, he's like, he's like, I'm going to make my move now because I'm like, we might be dying now. He's like, I'm going to lock this in. Um, and Jesus. Hannah's with um, another guy. And I like this scene. Hannah's kind of loopy now. They, whatever um, whatever Naomi Harris gave her is kicked in. And uh, she starts talking shit to the dude. She's like, you're going to die. Like, she's like this was going to happen like you're going to die and, and she can pick up on that he's super scared um and what happens is is 
the secret attack she hides behind a mirror which i thought was a was kind of neat uh yeah that happens a moment later um kind of reminded me of jurassic park a little bit mm-hmm. um but yeah uh, when she and naomi harris are being watched by this one soldier i think it's the the cook mm-hmm. so like even even from a visual standpoint the the this man's facial makeup tells you he's an idiot <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and yeah she's taunting him and uh if i remember right um we get a trailer shot here um i remember the marketing for this movie and there's a trailer shot where it's a a zombie looking through a window mm-hmm. and making kind of a booga booga face yeah. <laughs> yeah and uh we get that moment where that the zombie from the courtyard mailer uh smashes in through the window because apparently british people like to jump through windows Love it. <laughs> and uh tackles this poor poor sap and uh naomi harris and hannah they get split up and yeah we get this moment where one of the one of the infected soldiers is looking for her looking for hannah and she's hiding behind this like six really foot tall, tall mirror. mirror it's yeah. like a antique mirror and she knows it's looking her way but it sees its reflection and it's just really agitated and like snarling and making noises and stuff. And it starts to creep up on her, but eventually it runs off. But it's just a nice tense moment. Yeah. And it needs to be said like the combination of the, the rain and the storm and the, and the, the lightning and stuff, this feels like a very traditional horror movie now. Mm-hmm. Like in a, it's in a fucking mansion and there's two ladies in like fancy dresses and like being chased around by monsters and in a, shadowy lightning lit environment it's very atmospheric um but yeah uh while uh, naomi harris is grappling with uh bunny <laughs> uh yeah Mr. Uh, mitchell um cillian murphy crashes in and he he like batmans his way into the room he comes down from the the ceiling <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so he, he tries to pull good, batman his was better <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, uh, the way I, I describe this is uh, Jim Blade Runner's Mitchell. Yeah. Is, yeah, he, he uh, thumbs him in the eyes. But before that, he's bashing <sighs> Mitchell's head against a brick wall. It's pretty juicy, by the way. There's a lot of yeah. blood spraying around. And this illustrates, like, this plants an image in Naomi Harris's mind, who's observing all this, that is Jim infected because mm-hmm. his behavior is not the gym we've seen before. Somehow he turned into John Rambo, and he's insanely violent and malicious at this point. So she, like, through her through her physical acting, we can tell that she's thinking, like, oh, shit, Jim's mm-hmm. infected. Um, and so we get this moment where they're standing opposite each other, and he's still in the shadows, and she's finds her handy dandy machete that seems to always be around whenever she needs it yeah and uh she makes a move at him and she doesn't get him uh she stops short of swinging it at him and as it so happens no he's not infected and they make out yeah (laughs) but then Um, hannah ruins the fucking moment (laughs) yeah she comes in and starts hitting him or something she hits him with like a a jar yeah it's like a glass jar yeah she's like hannah he's not infected and she's loopy from whatever pills she got and yeah, uh, he even oh. says i was kissing her, <laughs> her. um yeah so they uh they pretty much just cut to out of yeah, here they run straight to the cab like right out into the storm oh and uh doctor who is in there i'm sorry yeah um doctor who is just sitting there waiting and he's just like you just wasted all my guys and he shoots cillian murphy we're like mother 
motherfucker. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you had a moment. You had a moment where you could redeem yourself. Um, he could have played like the, oh, I just, you know, I didn't want them to gang up on me and kill me. Uh, but no, he shoots him. And uh, Hannah's in, I think Hannah's in the car already. Like, she had gone around and gotten in the front seat. Um, yeah, so uh, they all, I think they all pile into the car. And when Celia Murphy's trying to get in the back seat, um, there he is, Doctor Who. And he says, yeah. you, you killed my boys. <laughs> you killed my boys. And then, yeah. Um, and then she... She, like, drives the car, like, reverses it straight back into the house so that the zombie comes in, grabs him out, uh, and then they drive off. Yeah. With everybody in. Um, cut to... So, the, the I don't know if it's a filter or what was with the image of this movie, like, the actual image quality of the movie. Um, that would be a side effect of shot on digital. Okay. Um. I noticed especially, uh, I don't know if they use different camera rigs, uh, some of the attack sequences in this movie, like so the more kinetic camera work, mm-hmm. uh, the more frantic scenes looked even grainier than the rest of it. Um, I would not be surprised if they used like quote unquote weaker cameras uh, for those sequences. But yeah, uh, most of it was shot on digital and it has kind of a bleh look to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I did see in the notes though that the the closing sequence of the film was shot on thirty five millimeter and it does look clear and there's a reason for it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's funny because they come to a gate when they're escaping the camp, mm-hmm. and Cillian uh, Murphy just tells Hannah gun it like there's nowhere else just to go anyway, it. just do it. And uh, we get a freeze frame. <laughs> we get yeah. a freeze frame transition of uh, Naomi Harris and Cillian Murphy. Uh, being hurled in their seat because neither of them have seat belts on, by the way. Yeah, that was stupid. And then we get a freeze frame of them going, ah! When they hit the gate, and then uh, it says 28 days later again. So it's mm-hmm. the same title card on on black, and then Cillian Murphy wakes up in a very nice-looking bed. Yeah, and uh, and this is where the 35mm comes into play, so the image quality in this last sequence is much better. A, lot, a lot clearer. I think it's on purpose, too. No, uh, it, like it has said. a reason. Yeah, um, he wakes up and he's like, "Oh no, not the curtains!" <laughs> and uh, he wakes up. He goes downstairs. They're in a nice, uh, a, a nice little house. It's well, it's really brightly lit. It looks nice. And um, Naomi Harris is uh, sewing. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's down in the basement sewing, and they um, they run outside. Uh, you can see Hannah, Celine Murphy, Naomi Harris. They're all all together. They run outside, um, and I. Th- think we hear a noise in the in the distance and i think it's a, a helicopter and no, it's a jet a jet they're taking out some kind of cloth um yeah. and uh it's basically a distress signal like is what does it say is it say help it says, or hello it says hello 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 uh, there, there's your hello there's, there's the hello um but yeah basically they they get saved by the guy so there's a few lessons to take from this movie. One, don't trust a guy the size of Brendan Gleeson, no matter how friendly he is. That was mis- that was misdirection in this movie. This movie was you were expecting him to be a piece of shit. No, he's actually good, but but be on your guard. It's good. <laughs> Just always keep one eye open around him. Um, big cities, stay out of them if you can. If you're in one, get out of it. Um, don't trust uh, a radio transmission. Trust a jet. Because if a jet has made it, what, 56 days into a zombie apocalypse, 
chances are that the person in the pilot seat is a part of a good a good military outfit. Yeah, I mean the the fuel and maintenance for a jet. Yeah. It's not something you take off lightly. It's it's no. not something you just flippantly just decide to hop into and take for a spin. You have to have a place to return to and and refuel and stuff. Um, and if you are going to join military dudes, make sure that you outnumber them. If, if you have a group of three, I'd say go with three to one. If it's three of you and one of them, that's good. Yeah, just and, keep you that. Know, maybe don't be afraid to speak up if someone offers you a drink and then they pour you a drink from the bottle that you previously owned. Like, yeah. It's like, yeah. It's like, you know, I should be offering you a drink, but whatever. If you got sardines and uh, some cans of peas from the store, and then that's what you're having dinner, that's what you're having for dinner after somebody else takes you in, eh, maybe throw up some red flags there. Oh, so, and So, yeah, the movie uh, ends with uh, the jet passing overhead, and uh, we get a perspective shot, and you can assume that the jet saw the hello message because it's quite yeah. big and it's, it's huge it's yeah. in white letters on green grass if you're paying attention at all you would see that yeah um and then naomi harris looks back and says you, do you think they saw us this time and then yeah. uh, pop music plays over the credits a uh, pretty cool song actually but it has that early 2000s vibe to it oh, for yeah. sure big time um i wanted to ask you because i haven't i haven't done my research but i remember my friend telling me uh he if I remember right, there's like alternate endings to this movie. It's possible. I'm not entirely sure. I actually typically don't like a happy ending when it comes to these kinds of movies. That's just my preference. Uh, I like them like having to go through all that that struggle and like to get out, only to find that they're fucked anyway. So, um, <laughs> well, I mean, I'm a-, a story like this about a a, a contagion generally it's it's very difficult to to have a happy ending mm-hmm. um the one thing that can be said though uh and we didn't mention this is that at the lead up to the jet reaching them does show a couple of emaciated zombies like laying on the ground looking immobile because they're probably starving mm-hmm. uh, so that does hint at the possibility that the infection burned itself out in some fashion gotcha. um i just i just pulled up the uh wikipedia uh and apparently there are many alternative endings to this film interesting uh jim dies at the hospital uh in this ending after jim is shot selena is naomi harris's character's name by the way and uh hannel and hannah rush him to Zurich hospital um i guess he dies there uh there's a hospital dream sequence where he dies at the hospital uh there's a a hint at them being rescued but jim is dead uh so yeah. hannah and, and naomi harris make it out and then radical alternative ending uh it was not filmed oh wow i'll let you look that up on your own but <laughs> anyway uh, apparently there were many uh, alternate endings to this movie uh, i i do remember my friend telling me that a long time ago I would prefer all of them die at the end or they all make it. And, I, you know, I like this movie enough that I'm fine with the happy... Oh, make a happy ending. Scooby-Doo ending. Scooby-Doo ending. Uh, yeah, I'm fine with it in, in this movie because the movie was good. And, like, yeah, I was I I was proud of Cillian Murphy because he grew as like grew out of being kind of a puss. 
he, <laughs> he he got to it. Um, he he's a hero. Hannah definitely grows. She's she's been through some shit. Um, but yeah, what did you uh, what did you think overall? I thought it was enjoyable. Um, I seriously doubt I'd ever go back to it because nah. it it does feel dated, and it it's I don't know. It, zombie movies are difficult for me because they are so heavily based in tropes that it's like so much of it felt familiar and that may just be you know a consequence of so much of happening since 2002 or 3 yeah um we've had a lot of zombie movies since then and they all kind of bleed together at some point in some fashion um there's a japanese zombie movie um it's based on a manga and as far as i understand the movie diverges from it pretty strongly uh, uh, Train to Busan? No, that's Korean. Um, okay. It's called I Am a Hero. And I told I you about it before. Um, but there are certain aspects of it that reminded me of that. Um, I Am a Hero came out like in 2016, though. Um, worth a watch, though. It's an enjoyable movie. Um, I can't compare it to the manga because I've never touched it. But How- it's, it's solid and it, it has that kind of a lonely feel to it where it's like it takes place in a city for the most part but most of the scenes are quiet and lonely except when things get ramped up um i think contemporary i think for a serious zombie movie because i love Shaun of the dead and Zombieland. um but i think as far as a serious zombie movie goes this was probably the best one in, in my opinion hmm. um yeah that's why i, I kind of dumped zombie movies we kind of broke up like yeah like around the time of the Dawn of the Dead remake, because yeah, zombies sense. became overplayed in my in my mind, and I just kind of got tired of it. Oh, I know, I know, The sucked. Walking Dead is, was insanely popular for a while internationally, also. Yeah. Like even even in Japan, like Walking Dead is known and beloved. Wow. Um, I've never touched it, so I I can't speak to the quality of it. But I watched the first season, and you can you can have it. Everyone's like, <laughs> you gotta go, you gotta keep going, you gotta keep watching it, and. Even people commenting on like the the newer episodes, I remember there was a time they're like, "Yeah, just fuck it." <laughs> just well, fuck it's it at my this understanding point. that the first season was Frank Darabont, um, who does a lot of Stephen King adaptations. He's a very good mm-hmm. director. Um, the Mist was also him, by the way. I haven't seen that. Oh, that's a good one. You might like Is it. Is that Tommy Jane? Yeah, Tommy Jane. I know <laughs> how it ends. It got spoiled for me. Oh. But That's, I would watch that it. That sucks because I really enjoyed that movie. But um, the first season of Walking Dead, I guess, was like Frank Darabont's baby. But then he mm. got booted off the project or something, and it mutated into something else entirely that either people think is much much better or much much worse. Well, I think it also the second season was around the height of like Game of Thrones. Like Game of Thrones was like really picking up and i think it kind of turned into that where we have to start killing off characters to keep it interesting introduce new characters stuff like that well um it needs to be said though that i remember reading some quotes from the the author of the comic that the walking dead's based off of that like he actually like admitted that he felt kind of shitty that's like man the show did some stuff that i wish i had (laughs) that i wish i had done yeah (laughs) it's like wow that's that's high praise coming from you know somebody whose work is being adapted by another group of people but yeah I, I mean this was a fun movie but like i said i don't i think too much time has passed like if i had seen yeah. it when it was new it probably would have been like new fresh amazing like oh yeah new print uh, little yellow different <laughs> yeah. but um for me it's a i don't know 
It's it's just a footnote. Yeah. For now. I just anyway. I still think it holds up. Uh, I probably won't rewatch it for. And a I was very, happy to see Brendan Gleeson. I'll I'll say that yeah. much. But as soon as yeah, he yeah. left, I was like, oh man, now I just don't care. <laughs> it's like you, I want you, this to be over fast. One way or another, you were going to get some Brendan Gleeson uh, this week. So. so so it's not entirely a wasted effort. <laughs> no. All right. Well, that's about it. All, All right. right. Well, thank you for uh, joining us as we caught up on cinema. Yes. Uh, tune in next time.